Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, words, words, words. Linguist Dr. David Goldstein, associate professor in UCLA's linguistics department, is here to answer our questions about words. When did human beings first begin to speak? What accent did cavemen have? For that matter, why do accents exist at all? We'll get the authoritative word on these questions. Plus, an update on Poundstone Pussy Pillows. And what toys will be the hot sellers this Christmas? Perhaps the purchase of a Poundstone Pussy Pillow promises perfect pleasure for your pet. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's topical syntax lined up for conversational clarity and order. And now, please welcome the woman who fractures every syntax bone in this podcast, Paula Poundstone! Hey! so much. Oh, man. Thank you, Paula. And thank you to tonight's house band returning champion, fiddle player Longo Chu. Nice. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Great to have you. Uh, so, Paula, how is your line of uh, Poundstone Pussy Pillows going? Well, you know, the first night that we sold them, they yeah. f- they flew off, not the shelf, because there's no shelf, they flew off the table. Because on one side, there's a cat joke. Yeah. That I've that I've handwritten previously. Okay. And then on the other side, I can autograph it. You custom. I custom autograph it to people's cats. Okay. And, and these are catnip-filled uh, pillows. Yes. And they have a grommet on them so that you could tie a uh, you could tie a string to it and and uh, you know tug it around. The now, house are you for indeed the calling to... them Poundstone's pussy pillows at the concerts? And uh, stuff? I haven't yet, but I. <laughs> I can see uh, well, that I'm between on... me and Tony Anita Hall. That's become the de facto name of it. Our social media presence is full of it. And I did an interview this morning with uh, NPR station in Florida. I think it was, and uh, the lady uh, asked me something, and I mentioned that you know we have these cat toys, and uh, that I said my partner Adam, uh, call, uh, Adam Felber, uh, who's on every show. I said um, calls them Poundstone uh, Pussy Pillows, and we talked for a while, and then she said, "I'm going to have to get permission." From NPR. <laughs> and oh, that's weird because people call cats pussies. They do. Yeah. Or pussy cats. Really. Yeah. I don't see why. I don't see why yeah, either. I, don't I just see. love that something that I said sort of, you know, tongue in cheek, offhand during the first time that you talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago has now become the more or less semi-official name of that product. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first met Adam, a lot of listeners don't know this, um, but my name was Clara Budget. And, Clara uh, Budget. And That's right. Adam, I have vague memory of yeah, this. Yeah, and Adam referred to me as Paula Poundstone. And it just, it just stuck. It did. It yeah. stuck. And then, you know, and then people say, Paula Poundstone. I go, what? And uh, that's how, yeah. how it happened. My so, gift for nomenclature so, yeah, continues. So they, they flew off the... And Bonnie, Captain Crinkle, and I argue about this sort of thing all the time because she tends to 
take a small amount of data points and draw a lot of conclusions that from it. That is an understatement almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, would say she takes well, one data point yeah. and answers everything. Well, and I tried to do that here because we sold out. We had 20 on the first night. I forget what town I okay. was in. But um, I, I sold out of them like before I was done with... That night's meet and greet where I sell oh, things. Oh, so based on that bo- uh, data point, Bonnie well, went ahead and, and not just Bonnie and invested one point five million dollars in the pu- pounds yeah. on Bussy Pillow no, Corporation. No, it was pretty much me. I was okay. like, yeah, this is it. This is it. This I said, you know what? Podcast no more. I got it. Pounds on Bussy Pillows. I got, I'm, I'm hooking my uh, you and know so my how wagon go to the, at the subsequent gigs. Well, not as well. Uh, it's, it's sales slowed down a little bit. Well, you know, I don't think we really advertised them well on the show last week. Maybe yeah. we should. Re- We're talking about them up top now. I'm sure your next show there's hundreds. Oh, gonna they're gonna they're gonna fly off the uh, shelves. And, and I just want to point out to people: people have been uh, writing in and asking where they can get one. At the moment. It's only available at live Paula Poundstone events. Unfortunately, but the, the well, website, we're going to sell it through the website. We are going to sell it through the any website. Any day now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, part of the problem with that is my assistant, Wendell, yeah. who, um, Wendell works for me, but he doesn't really know that. And so, he, is, is Wendell a cat? Uh, no, Wendell's, <laughs> Wendell's that my- That behavior does sound kind of feline. When, Wendell's my beloved assistant, uh, and he's great, okay. and he's done a wonderful job. I love him. But he will just put the kibosh on things sometimes. Right. He's like, we're not selling those over the websites. <laughs> he doesn't get to say that. Does he know he, this? He doesn't, but oh, he wow. does. So what I decided is that I would maybe let a little bit of time go by before I broach the subject again. Because in fairness- This doesn't sound like good businesswoman practices right here. No, Paul. I'm not very good at this I, I'm, sort I'm of thing. I'm worried that I'll well, offend my assistant, so I'm not going to ask him to make more of the product. You know, he's so sell. good, and you don't want to shove him over the- But in fairness, yeah, wanna... he's worked a lot at the design- Okay. Okay, like, for example, now I made the the original design. They're really, they're just rectangle shape. But what we didn't know in the beginning is, did you put the seam just along the outside, just one seam, or did you turn it So he's in? sewing these suckers closed. Yeah, he's he's sewing them. We have a factory. Uh, um, Henry Ford has set up something in my son's old bedroom. <laughs> That's nice. And and poor Wendell, he's trying to. We're trying to get the time it takes to make each one down because otherwise you get to charge like fifty bucks a pussy pillow, right? Uh, in order to make a profit, right? So um, if they had a tag on them that said "Pounce on pussy pillows," they'd sell even faster. Yeah, see I might Wendell mention that to Wendell. Yeah. I'll see if he can do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put in a call to him. So, uh, all right. So one of the things is. He he figured out that if you sew the seams in it right, and you get the now you need to put the the catnip in, but you don't want to um, take it off the sewing machine because it's too hard to put it back on. So he's trying to figure out a way to get the catnip in there without taking the thing off. So a he conveyor had, belt of some sort, I'm he, sure. He had like a plastic tube he that was he was going to blow in. it in. Yeah. And uh, he's had, got like black lung and stuff. He's uh, having a hard nip-lung. time. They call it nip lung. Yeah, he's had nip lung. And then uh, and then he came up with another that idea so entirely, yeah. which is, so I come home yesterday and he's working on it. And uh, he's taken a thing of uh, stick deodorant. And he's taken the deodorant out and then scrubbed it with baking soda because, of course, the deodorant has a smell. And he right, doesn't cats want wouldn't be necessarily into it. Precisely. So then he puts the catnip inside the empty stick deodorant dispenser. Okay. Because there's a bar at the bottom that slides up and pushes. He pushes it up. Pushes yeah. it up, and so he's using that. And then he decided it's not long enough, so now he, he well, he asked Tony and Nita Hall to go to Walmart and get a twenty-five percent more container. Deodorant. Yeah. 
But this is the sort of thing. And then he'll do something. It really sounds super scattershot. No, it's not scattershot at all. It I am like the he's best just, guy. Uh, no, on I know this job. Wendell. It really sounds like he's just sort of like, well, I, I'm sure there's a long history of people stuffing shit into toys and sewing them clothes, but I'm not looking into that. <laughs> I, I'm going to go buy some deodorant. Yeah. No, he's. And uh, he's let bre- the chips fall where they may. He's breaking his own trail. But yeah, the other absolutely. thing, okay, but this, <laughs> which is not this, always what you want so in business. Th- th- we have 13 cats, you know. So the yeah. other thing is, he's put down these demo models on the living room floor, and he's concerned that the catnip is going to get stale. And so he's like, we're not selling it if the catnip gets stale. We're just not doing it. And so he doesn't even particularly like cats, does he? No, he loves cats. But okay. so we put so we put this, these these pussy pillows down on the floor, and then he, every time he walks through the living room, he goes, "They're not rubbing on it. There's not. They're not rubbing on well, it." Well, you got to tell him that cats like once they've had like ten minutes of nip, they're done for a while. Yeah, for like hours. Yeah. Well, he really wants to create addicts. And, and I loved I loved that what has happened. All this has happened because the executive producer of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, Doug Berman, thought it'd be an awesome idea to send you like a garage full of catnip. He as sent a me thirty five pounds of cat. Yeah. as a gift. Yeah. And uh yeah, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do with 35 pounds? And that's when Poundstone Industries went into production of Poundstone Pussy Pillows. Yeah. Now, and by oh, the way, guys, Christmas is coming up. It sure is. Think about it. Although, don't go to our website because we don't know how to do that yet. Uh, anyway, speaking of toys, sitting in front of us is what far- forecasters think will be this year's hottest Christmas toy. I'm thinking it's going to be Poundstone Pussy Pillows, but the second, the second hottest Christmas toy, um, and Christmas is rapidly approaching. Yes, um, is it's called the um, the Skyrocket Bloom Doll. They start out looking like a potted plant, and kids use a little cute watering can to make the doll spring out of the, out of the dirt. And because we're such a visually oriented audio podcast, we're going to yeah. do that right here. Yeah, we're going to make the doll. All right, so I'm it's a p- pink plastic um, plant pot. pot. Yeah, yeah. going to pull off the top of it right Adam's now. Adam's pulling off the top of it. Okay. And it's now, uh, like a foil thing that would be on the top of a Pringles. Yeah, and then it looks like there's another thing here. I guess I have to pull this off too, right? I don't know. Uh, well, I'm flipping it up. because why, why, why flipping up not? something. There's, and now I'm going to water it. There's See, another I take flap. This, I take this adorable watering can. All right. So now I, there's a little pink plastic watering can that Tony Anita Hill's uh, hull has filled with water. And I'm, I see now, I'm watering a- it. Adam is watering the top of what appears to be a plastic thing, is it not? It does. It oh, does. there it is. There oh, it is. Oh, it's growing. My oh, gosh. my God. Oh, my God. It's like the miracle of life. It's a pink doll, I guess, you know, that's and, coming and I up. watched my two kids be born, and it's not totally unlike that. It broke its way through yeah, this Paul, little covering. Water. I'm, not, I'm not convinced this is a... Uh, uh, well, you could try that. Yeah. All right. Now we're, pu- now we're putting... Uh, and now we're putting, what, now we're what putting water on it. Water on it. Um, I think that's a breached... Uh, I think it's a, that's... A breach birth? That's a breached... Uh, a breach birth? It could be a breach uh, yeah. All right. So it looks a little bit like a pink version of the um, of the weird sculpture that um, the star of Close Encounters of the Third Kind kept making. Yes. Yeah. You right? know what? It is still blooming. Let's let it bloom. It looks like pink Play-Doh has come up through this well, the hair plastic That's piece. the hair of the doll. It's made oh. of slow-rise foam, and when you water the plant, it looks as if your doll is blooming from the pot. They cost less than $10. Well, I can't see why. Yeah, how much do pussy pillows cost? Twelve. <laughs> right. Now, there are 22 different bloom dolls, and as we know, an infinite number of possible... Uh, pussy pillows. Uh, and once you collect a couple, you can take the foam hair off and change it out with your other Bloom dolls. After the toy blooms, you can open up the pot and find a little mini friend and some stickers to decorate with. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. You can see a child having hours and hours of fun with such a thing. Yeah. Well, it's going to, I assume it's going to keep blooming during the course of this show. It Because if not, this is a terrible toy. 
We're going to let Tony tend the doll while we continue to talk. Yeah. Uh, Tony, see if you can make that suck less. Uh. <laughs> Boy, yeah. Seems, oh. seems oh, like... Keep it away from the llama. Seems like... He, oh, oh my God. Anthony brought a llama. Mm-hmm. All right, that's just weird. What is it with him? <laughs> Anthony Alfaro has become... Has nicest brought in guy a... in the world, but apparently it, it feels the need to... He brings in... We don't even know where he gets them. Yeah, well, to be fair, um, usually they're wild animals, and this, I believe a llama is a domesticated animal, so that's a, a step forward. At least it's Are legal. they supposed to spit? Because it just spit on me. I don't or is know. That, or is that the a- bloom a- doll? Anthony, what's going on? And, and should, should the llama be eating the foam bloom doll? Here he comes. Come on Anthony, over, Anthony, should, the doll, should hey, he eat the doll foam? Well, no, no animal should ever eat plastic foam. Oh, now that's uh, okay. That's too darn yeah, bad. Yeah. So, what, what do they? What, what do llamas in. eat? Uh, well, this one would be a free roaming llama. So okay. it's it's, it's di- not in this studio yeah. a free roaming yeah. llama. Yeah, that's I mean, no wonder it's it looks not in angry a cage right now. It's not in a cage. It's, free it's for, yeah, it's free roaming here in this teeny tiny studio. Right. Uh, has it been used as a beast of burden? This particular one. Uh, no, this one's. He, He's had a pretty good life. He's, uh-huh. It's oh. been pretty good for him. But to answer your question, um, they eat primarily like grass, lichens, and shrubs, like native shrubs from oh, where they're good from. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, they're a domesticated animal, are they not, Anthony? Yes. Okay. Uh, especially in South America, um, where they're like a camelid. So where'd you get it, Anthony? They're used as meat uh, and pack animals. Um, Anthony, I just want to remind you of one thing. The woman who got into the lion's cage the other day and did the weird dance in front of it, she got in trouble. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just go taking these things. You can't go take animals if you're taking them. Yeah, we are. I'm not dancing with them. That's true, he's not. Uh, Anything else we need to know about this animal? I mean, there's a lot you should know about them. They Uh, can carry up 50 to 75 pounds, up to 20 miles. Their stomachs have three compartments in them. Oh. Well, um, my stomach has three compartments. Uh, well, those aren't compartments. <laughs> no, no, no. A cow has four. So oh, I thought the rolls were no, compartments. No, rolls. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they're—I mean, like the—they're pack animals for Andean cultures uh, since like pre-Columbian era. Andean. Oh, so the, so they're big in Ecuador. Yes. Where we are a very famous podcast. So, Ecuador, if you're listening, yeah. we're harboring a llama. Yeah, we have a llama. Yeah. Andean. By Andean, you mean like Andy Williams? No, and the Andes Mountains. <laughs> yes. Andy Reddick? No, no, the Andes Mountains. Uh, Andy Reddick, who is a big competitor with um, Roger Federer, who has a store right over on the corner here. Okay, there's a lot wrong with that statement. <laughs> I'm going to start with Andy Reddick having, having retired from tennis. Yeah, um, well, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna point retire. out that the store on the corner is barely a store, and it's not called Federer's. It's called <laughs> Fetter. Yeah, and it's an appliance store unaffiliated with reigning Swiss tennis champion Roger Federer. No, listen to me. Roger Federer cannot, yeah. as Andy Reddick figured out. Roddick. Uh, he figured out. <laughs> you can't play tennis forever. Yes. Right. Okay. No. So Roger Federer. Bought this store right on he the corner. Didn't he? Did and it's an appliance. He could run store. an appliance store on Miranda Street in North Hollywood until the heat death of the universe and not earn as much money as he earns in a single <laughs> tennis tournament. But what you don't know, uh, and I do, <laughs> no, you don't about Roger Federer is he has a little spending Jones. Oh really? Yeah. See these dolls that are like ten bucks. He yeah. bought a shitload of them. 
And they don't even work. All right, is there anything else we need to know about the the, the alpaca, Anthony? Are no, they supposed to eat? It's a llama. Oh, it's a llama. Di- <laughs> they're different animals. Yeah, okay. see, you don't know yeah. everything. Yeah. I don't claim you don't to know, know everything. You don't know everything. Yeah. I you know just what? claim to know more you than know you about everything. The phone's ringing. Answer the phone. The phone? I don't want to get the phone, Paula. I don't want to get the phone. No, answer the phone. I, can't we just let it ring? No, no, that's rude. Just answer the phone. They're going to know you're there. Hello? Yeah. Adam, it's Mac. Mac and Cheese LaPierre. Um, you, you know, Adam, you don't know everything. I don't claim to know you everything, don't know Mac. Every- let me ask you something, Adam. Mac. Do you visit Wisconsin? I've been to Wisconsin, Mac. There's so many places where you could learn so much. Have oh, yeah. Have to Wisconsin? I've been to Wisconsin, Mac. How many times have you been to Wisconsin? I've been to Wisconsin like two or three times, Two Mac. or three times. So you haven't seen the whole state of Wisconsin, have you? Mac, why are you calling? There's Appleton, there's La Crosse, there's Eau Claire, there's Kenosha, Wisconsin Dell, yeah, I gotta... Racine, Oshkosh, yeah, okay. Sansaw, Ma- Washa, yeah, Mac, Mac, Waukesha, there's a lot of towns in Wisconsin, Madison, Mac. You don't got to name everything in Wisconsin. I understand yeah. that it's a big state. You know, Fond du Lac, Adam, has one of the top aqua parks. Have you, have you gone there? What's an aqua park, Mac? It's a water, you know, you swim with the... It's a water, yeah. it's a water amusement park? There? Have you gone there? No, but I've been to water amusement parks. Yeah, you've been to water parks. Yeah. Yeah. But, Mac, I still don't understand how you're calling a podcast that is not... <laughs> In fact, a live show. Let me ask you something, Adam. Yeah, Do you you're walk avoiding with that the question. Lord? I don't, Mac. I don't, Mac. I, 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 I about everything. I you gotta know, you go. got the Mac. alpaca. Mac, I gotta uh, go. A llama Mac, thing we gotta entirely go. Entirely wrong. Mac, thank you very much for calling. Yeah, I don't know well, how was, you're doing it. It was good talking to you. It was good, good, good talking to you. I'll tell yeah. you. You know, anytime you want to come to Wisconsin, Adam, you got a place to stay. We got a cat for you. Mac, goodbye. Bye. I don't want your cat. You got a cat for you. You can sleep <laughs> on the cat any night you want. Oh, my God. All right. Um. <laughs> okay, well, that was great hearing from Mac, wasn't it, Paula? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, change the subject from Mac as quickly as possible, okay? Yeah. Mac, um, Mac is really a supporter of yours. I don't. I think he's more of a supporter of yours. No, and, uh, no. I, I he don't... just notices that you get a lot of things wrong. I didn't That's get it. I've gotten very little wrong. Uh, but in any case... Um, Here's something you're trying to get right. You're trying to get our vocabulary words. Oh, my gosh. We do a I new have vocabulary a word, word every I, week. Adam, I have a vocabulary word this week. It's opprobrium. Opprobrium. Which is a noun that yeah. means disgrace or reproach arriving from conduct considered shameful. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Go ahead. The current Republican Congress will soon be covered in opprobrium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think they're doing things that are... Uh, that at least a lot of people will find shameful, and they will yeah. be uh, it is. opprobrium yeah. will be heaped upon them. Yeah, I think history is going to be now, chock a block with opprobrium. I think you would have known the word opprobrium. No, didn't no. know it at all. No, I, I you know, I, you know, I look words up and they don't stick in my head, so well, I may have learned it at one. Which is why I've come. I've been trying to come up with, uh, you know, a little uh, a little song. To, a to, vocabulary song. A vocabulary song because usually music helps. And I think memory. what we've learned over the last couple of weeks is that your songwriting skills are what scientists call limited. Yeah. 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 And so we asked our listeners if they would be willing to maybe answer the phone, Adam. The phone's ringing. Answer the phone. <laughs> uh, you should, I don't think that's the phone. I think I think yeah. we'll just go straight to no, voicemail with that that's one. That's the phone. Go ahead uh, and get really, the phone. Really, Paula? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey, Adam. It's me, Mike Bum Bum Bonifat. You were right, man. <laughs> Her fucking song 
writing skills are limited. You're right. Mike you Boom so Boom right. Boniface or whatever it's your name my, is. Mike Boom Boom Boniface. We grew up together. What are you talking about? We didn't you grow up me. together, Mike. You what are you kidding me? What are you kidding me? Where'd you grow I, up, I Mike? I love you, Adam. Along Long Island. Where? Along right beside you. No, God. you didn't. <laughs> Oh man, when you are right, you are right, and you are right. Her, How are her, you even hearing this, Mike? Songwriting skills are limited, man. How did you hear me say that, Mike? You know Mike? what limited means in French? What? Bitch! What a bitch! She oh, is. Mike, Mike, that is that is absolutely. Paula Poundstone is a good friend of mine, and I won't oh, have you talking about man, that. Man, I don't know. How you put up with her, uh, Jesus! Mike, you know so much, and she's like an idiot. Mike, this uh, is a. I I do not. I do not no, want to hear any more of this, I don't Mike. know how she functions. I'm going to have to shut you down right there, Mike. Uh, that is well, out of bounds. Uh, Adam, I got to go. Yeah, I, uh, I would hope yeah. so. No, I how, go. How's the Trans Am in your garage coming, Mike? Hey, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, I, hey, thanks for letting me borrow your fuzzy dice. I didn't. Uh, I neither hey, had listen, them nor Adam, lent them. Adam, I, 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 uh, I, I got I to go, man. I'll, I'll catch you after the game. No. <laughs> Bye, Mike. All right, so um, so get back to the the issue of the, these calls are starting to really get to me, Paul. <laughs> well, you're a busy the, guy. You're a popular guy. Yeah, you know, you yeah, carry yeah. that phone with you. It's going to ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So I have a song, and you're right. My skills are uh, are Lim- limited. Limited. Uh, and and so we asked our listeners, you know, why don't you take all our vocabulary songs, put them in a song, the way you've been doing with our theme songs, and uh, you know, submit them to us, and we'll play them on the show. It'll be a little bit like our like our theme song contest. And nobody has sent us anything, and. I think partly because it is challenging. It's a very hard thing to do. There's Plus, a bigger course, reason, though. Well, you have to know what the former vocabulary words were. Exactly. And we didn't give them that. Yeah. So basically what we were asking is, do us a favor. Listen to all existing 61 episodes of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Pull the vocabulary word out of each, if we were doing vocabulary words at that point, and then write a song. And I feel like that was too high a bar. You know, even a listener has to make some effort, Adam. Yeah, no, I think I think that they've done quite enough for us, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. And all they get in return is a, a bar of fresh signed hotel soap. Yeah. By the way, uh, we sent a bar of fresh hotel soap to uh, listener Scott Francisca's and Tony Anita Hull. Um, Who usually does everything right. She's fantastic, but she actually sent, it came postage due, and he paid for it. And since then, um, he has been our benefactor. He has he not been. has paid for everything. He really has I wanted, you know, the Bloom doll? Who'd yeah. that come from, huh? I'm guessing yeah. Tony Anita Hull. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> and I War- bet you'll get the receipt. Daddy, Daddy Warscott. That's no, who it came not from. It Daddy came from. Warscott. Yeah, I want to anyway, thank you so much, Scott Francis. I don't want to argue really about man. that. What I do want to tell our listeners is that we have done you a service, or rather, Tony Anita Hall has. And if you were to look on our Facebook page right now, you yeah. will see the whole list. The whole list of vocabulary words. You don't have to use them all in the song, but we've just made it easier for you. So what I've been doing since I began writing the vocabulary word songs, every week I just add on the new word, and it goes something like this. This week's word is opprobrium. It's a noun meaning disgrace or reproach arising from conduct considered shameful. Last week's word was clack. When I think back, it's a noun meaning individual group hired to applaud a performance as in a theater. The week before that, the word was horologe. It's a timepiece as a clock watch or hourglass. 
The week before that, the word was probity, a noun meaning moral excellence, integrity. The week before that, we had nugatory. It's an adjective that means inconsequential, worthless, me? having no force, inoperative. Adam didn't think it was the right word to describe the incorrectly prescribed antibiotic for my bladder infection, but I did, I did, I did. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a smattering. I was going to ask Lauren Gold to back studio- me up on that, but no, I, I'm glad- I know he could have. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that, that really seals it. Um, I want to introduce a new vocabulary word, amorphous. Amorphous? There is simply no shape or recognizable, repeatable melody That's to That's not your- true. Watch this. This week's word is opprobrium. <laughs> yeah, that's about okay. as far as you get. No, and then the end. I did, I did, Yeah, that part, I did. that is the only replicable part of your song. No, that's not true at all. Um, <laughs> you know, after my song, I just want when I had a conversation with uh, Captain Quinkle, my manager, Bonnie Burns, <laughs> yeah. she suggested that I try something more reggae with it. <laughs> I was on that conversation. I thought your answer was great. Do you remember what your answer was? No, what did I say? You said, um... I do not have the desire or ability to do that, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> and so and did, I will not be doing that. And, th- and did that stop her? Oh, no. No. No, if we were to bring her to the mic right now yeah. and don't even think about getting up, Bonnie, yeah. she would say, I just think reggae would be a pretty good idea. You know, yeah. the kids the kids love reggae. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe you should make a reggae song out of it, Paula. Yeah. No words, no cry. <laughs> That's pretty much as far as you can go with that. All right, listeners, if you want to send us that vocabulary song, we're at nobodylistentopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Coming up, in his book, The BFG, Roald Dahl wrote, Don't gobble funk around with words. Sorry, BFG, we're going to be doing some real gobble funking with words when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it. And it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort 
and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment. Honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Adam, you know, I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling <laughs> because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. <laughs> what is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. True. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCA.com. 
PetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's A-S-P-C-A. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, get easy, seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. There's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian, and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. I've been trying HelloFresh recently, and I have no idea why I waited for so long, because it's great. Because, I, you know, here we're the perfect people to represent this product, because I love to cook, and you rarely cook, and both of us enjoy cooking fresh HelloFresh meals. Well, for me, you know, you don't have to measure. I appreciate that. Now, the first time you did it, you didn't realize that they were pre-measured. Is that correct? I did measure in the beginning. You you measured it in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. You would open up these pre-measured pouches and measure them. And pour them into, yeah, Yeah. measuring. It's Uh, easier when you don't do that, right? I had a graduated cylinder that I was using. Yeah, that's that's a terrible way to do that. From my days of cooking meth. Um, yeah, no, no, you know what? It it is fun. I've done it with my daughters a couple of times. We've really enjoyed it and then really enjoyed the meals. And my favorite part is if, if that dead wood's not with me, uh, then I can make the meals and have, uh, leftovers for a couple of days. And you know, the thing about leftovers is dead wood being your, your, your daughter. My daughters. Yes. Uh, the, uh, I want to be clear. yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the holidays right around the corner. It's a fun thing. You're going to want ingredients coming to your door so you can just make the meal and you don't have to worry about running out to the market when you're busy playing with your uh, puffy flower doll or whatever that thing is. How's that coming along, Tony? Do we have a doll yet? The Bloom doll. Oh, this is as far as she blooms. Oh, she blooms really well. and then you we'll get to her, her later out? because we're in the middle of talking about HelloFresh. It's but... Judy from Lost in Space. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, get nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone9 and using the code Poundstone9. That's HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone9 and use the code Poundstone9 for nine free meals. That's wow, right. that's a good deal. That's a very good deal. Previously, we were offering eight, and that was a spectacular deal in its own right. Feel free to share your positive experience with HelloFresh on your social media channels. Please do. I do. Our promo code may be included when you share it. Tag your meal creation at hashtag HelloFreshPicks, and that code, once again, is Poundstone9. And we're back. And Paula, I am happy to, to uh, announce that Apparently, our bloom doll has bloomed as she much as it's going to bloom. And if you, as you, if you look at her, you'll see. Um, and maybe we can get a picture of it. It looks like a flower. Yeah, her head kind of looks like, <laughs> looks like kind a of tulip a tulip is coming out, and it's popped up um, just to the base of the petals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then now, what I'm as, told you're supposed to do that's the hair, and that's yes. as far as she comes out on her own. And then we grab and then her. You have to grab her like and a, extract um, her. Oh, there look you at go. Her. Oh my and, uh, and gosh. Tony tells me this one's name is Cammy. Yeah. And she, well, Cammy's hair is way too big oh, for and her Cammie head. Cammy had some kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. It yeah. looks uncomfortable. Here, here's Cammy. Like, she looks like yeah. I Love Lucy in the one where she's in Vegas with the headdress on. Yeah. Yeah. 
It looks like it looks like those Vegas headdresses where, and I've talked to to some women who've worn those headdresses, and they say that they are like back breaking, neck breaking kind yeah, of things. Yeah, I would so think. Cammy does not I'm have a long. about Cammy's balance. She's got a chiropractor in yeah, her future. She's already. Yeah. Well, that's and, one and of the first things you pay for this, once you get this doll. There's a, oh, I see. It's spring loaded here at the bottom. Yeah. And then there's supposedly other stuff in here, but it's not coming out. Um. Oh, uh, push in, then down. Okay. He's gonna, there we go. Oh, there we go. Oh, and he's look, there's a... break Cammy's dormitory. Oh, oh, look, and it's Cammy's dormitory. That's oh, exactly that. what it is. Oh, all right. So it's a little bit along the lines of, um, who was the little teeny doll? Polly Pocket. It's a little bit... She's larger than a Polly Pocket. Oh, and look, her, there's a little cover here enormous. that has extra toys. Look at this. All this oh. crap. She's got, like, pots and pans. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and th- th- this is, like, a tub that has something in it. I'm sure it's going to be really tub with something in it. Yep, it's going to be. Uh, it's, it looks like it's another little pal. It's one. Of, remember, we read that there was a little pal that oh, came. She with has home. another friend that yeah, she's th- kept this, trapped in the house. This, this, yeah, this looks like a she keeps like her a friend trapped in the flower tub. mutant thing. That yeah. show. That's like that movie Misery or something, isn't it? Yeah. Or the the one with Glenn Close with the knife. That's Fatal Instinct. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm handing this to you, Paul, because I ha- I want nothing to do with Cammy. I don't what think do that's mean? a great toy at all. Well, I I would I'm not arguing that it's a great toy. It's just it's supposed to be the hot seller at Christmas time. All right, so her hair, the part that expands through the top of the pot that that appears to grow. That seems it looks like a flower. It, yeah, it looks like a flower. It's made of foam and that's Bonnie, what makes when you If you're going to take pictures, turn off that <laughs> shutter shutter noise thing. I don't know. You don't know how. Oh, my God. There is no... Bonnie can figure out ways to make noise out of unnoiseable so things. poor Cammy, It's having a paparazzi experience right now. Right. A trauma induced by Bonnie. Oh, my God. What the hell? Um, all right. I can't... F- uh, yeah. All right. So she... Yeah. So she has a little dwelling here with... <laughs> which which is not big enough for her hair. Not really. Yeah. She'll never really be able to fit in here again because of the hair. Wait. Wait, I just heard her say something. She said, you watered me and ruined my life. Now I know only pain. No, that's not her. The hair no. comes off. Oh, the hair oh, comes Tony off? Oh, says the hair comes off, which makes which begs the question. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, look. Her oh, look at that. Headdress comes so off. So it wasn't even real. And now here she is. In... It wasn't even real hair. Yeah, and now she looks like a oh, little. Oh, my gosh. Now she's tiny starving... bun Barbie. Yeah, starving this little. Is, yeah, this is like a. This is like a, a Barbie doll that isn't thriving. Yes. This is failure failure to thrive Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when it came out in its own right, was not a hit. Yeah, not a hit at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, well, okay, so uh, you guys, that's supposed to be we've the ne- big seller. And that ends our big at- Christmas shopping spectacular. <laughs> Let's go back to shit that we care about. Okay, uh, Paula, you care about words. I do care about words. You bring in new ones every week. You have a I lot of wish I could language. remember them. Yeah, you have lots of questions about language. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, so uh, I have a lot of questions. I keep trying to expand my vocabulary, but it's been very difficult. Yeah, you might just need a catchy tune. Um, but to answer some of these questions, we have with us a distinguished linguist, which is not an easy thing to say. Dr. David Goldstein earned his Ph.D. at the University of California, Berkeley, and is a tenured professor at UCLA. He focuses on the syntax and semantics of the archaic Indo-European languages. But then again, who doesn't? Well, exactly. In That's partic- what I was thinking. In particular, I do Latin- that in my spare time. For Absolutely. In particular, Latin, Greek, Sanskrit, and the Anatolian languages. Please welcome David Goldstein. Mm. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much welcome. for being here. 
Uh, yeah, go ahead. You, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to ask you, how do you recommend expanding vocabulary? And is that a linguist question even? Um, not, well, I guess not in the sense that it's something that a linguist spends a lot of time thinking about or doing No, I know what on, they think about. They but... think about the syntax and semantics <laughs> of the archaic <laughs> Indo-European languages, in particular Latin, Greek, Sanskrit, and Egg. the yeah. Anatolian languages. Let's, let's exactly. Ba- let's back it you up a little it, bit, though. You like, got it. That's yeah, what so, you mostly I mean, focus one of the on. things we are very interested in is how children acquire... The, the vocabulary words that they have because they do it amazingly quickly, especially yes. compared to adults. Like children Absolutely. typically don't have the struggles that you might have been experiencing with learning vocabulary words. But um, so that part of it, linguists are really into. You want to As, define linguist for us? It might, it might help. Yes. So a linguist, I would say, is somebody who is engaged in the scientific study of language. And this is a really broad definition that covers everything from how words are pronounced um, to how sentences are built and how words are formed and how languages change over time, which is actually my specialty. So this is called historical linguistics. Uh-huh. Um, but these There's are- also language in the brain, right? Language all in the, the brain. All that uh, internal language stuff, all yeah. the Chomsky stuff, right? Chomsky stuff, theoretical well, linguistics. Who's Chomsky and, and why do we care? Uh, <laughs> so Noam Chomsky is... Uh, I think it's fair to say the biggest name in theoretical linguistics these days. Oh, and- come on. <laughs> <laughs> you have a different take? Oh, <laughs> who's yeah. your favorite theoretical linguist, Paula? Ed, Ed Winston. Ed Winston. Have you re- not read Ed, Ed Winston's work? No, I thought he was going to be another caller. Oh, or, first- uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Elizabeth Saperstein, her, her work? She's, no, you don't no. have to reply to this, David. She's just fucking with you. I'm not. So tell her about Noam Chomsky. Um, so he, uh, 60 or so years ago, he revolutionized the field by writing some books on syntax, and it just changed the way we, we studied language scientifically. What is and syntax? Syntax is informally the way that speakers put words into bigger units called phrases and then puts and then puts those phrases into bigger units called sentences. And he wrote a book about that? He's written several actually. Ooh, but boy. and one of the main ideas was that we come sort of hardwired for lack of a better term with Um, we come sort of primed, ready to learn language. And that Mm -hmm. somewhere inside our brains, there is something called universal grammar. And this is... This was a revolutionary idea, and linguistics departments in most places, certainly at UCLA, are sort of built around this idea that linguists study universal grammar. It's like, we want to know what sort of a linguistic capacity we were born with. What is it? Um, and this, this idea, this fundamental concept, goes back to, to Chomsky. Uh-huh. And did you read all of his books? I have read most of them. <laughs> <laughs> well- Some of them are, to be fair, very challenging so really because his syntax isn't good in some of them (laughs) (laughs) terrible writer yeah just terrible just could not almost unintelligible together yeah he's a he's a walking refutation if you will he sounds like yoda yeah yeah teach you about language i will (laughs) chomsky gnome my name is he would have been great on uh, jeopardy yeah uh Uh, all right so now I thought I read that language began 
about the same time in all the different continents, even though they weren't together with one another. Is that true? Ah, that's one of the most heavily debated questions in the study of language. Um, We don't... There are sort of competing ideas as to when our species, Homo sapiens, developed the thing that we now call the language faculty. And, you know, some people think this happened... I don't know. There, there are just various dates out there, but we can't... Why can't you just date it back to the first diary? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you'd have to find a key, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's challenges. Some of those Um, little little Neanderthal girls could hide those keys, (laughs) I tell you. Yeah, it's in the mattress. Um, but um, yeah, and we don't we don't really have a great handle on the question of did language arise or originate once, or did it arise multiple times in multiple places? So uh-huh. let's say somewhere in Africa and somewhere in the Middle East, and it's possible, but we don't we don't really know. Now let me ask you this: So do we know why accents? Why accents? Yes. So basically people have um, sort of a set of sounds stored in their brains. Like you know the sounds of English the same way Adam does. And you also have, you can think of it as like a set of operations on those sounds that make them pronounced in very particular ways. Um, And humans are very good at picking up very subtle distinctions in, uh, in language that can maybe suggest where a person is from or like our listener class. Mac from from Wisconsin. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That he sounds case very in Wisconsin point. now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um and so accents and everybody has an accent. This is some people think that, you know, only certain groups or certain people have accents. That is decidedly not true. Everybody has an accent and it's just the particular inventory of sounds that we have in our heads and how we produce them. Um, and and over time, these change. And so, for instance, the way we speak English now was not the way that Shakespeare spoke, and the way that Shakespeare spoke was not the way that Chaucer spoke. And that you could think of that as a change in accent. I mean, linguists tend to use the word phonology and phonetics to talk about how sounds change over not time. Not in my house, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you have linguists over all the time. You know, in the minute I hear phonology, I'm like, you take that right outside this house. <laughs> Absolutely. That is not who we are. You you have, yeah. Well, you're yeah, in a tight shoe over there. I, you know, I try to be a nice hostess, but yeah. I, there comes a point. There does. If you well, know what I mean. Now, when I was in high school, I was asked to memorize the beginning of Chaucer's, uh, what did he write? That thing. The Canterbury Tales. The Canterbury Tales. Uh-huh. By a and teacher or just a dare from one of your friends? It was a dare for a kid, and I ended yeah. up both uh, spraining my tongue and, and getting stuck to a fire pole. I uh, tried. To, I tried to read the Canterbury Tales. It just did nothing for me. Well, in its original form, it's almost... Illegible and and but I w- I had to memorize it in Old English. How did my English teacher, Mister Pierkowski, know the pronunciation in the first place? Oh, that's a great question. Because I had to remember it was something like one in Aprilo with its sure suta. Yeah, was the, was the first line. Yeah, yeah. the so, draught of March <clears throat> has pursed to the root. Something like something yeah. kind of yeah. like that. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Did Mr. that sound right to you? Absolutely, Mister Pierpont. Exp- Pierkowski. Yeah, uh, he he expected that of every student, uh, Mr. Pierkowski. Uh, he did. You know who uh, can do um, the Canterbury Tales? Great. Yeah, who? Uh, Mike. Mike who? Mike Boom Boom. Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure he can't. 
Get the phone, Adam. No. <laughs> really? No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. Right, I don't, no, I'll get no. it. I'll get it. Hello? Yeah, yeah, Adam, it's Mike. It's me, Mike. Boom, boom. Yeah. Hi, hi Mike. What's your last name again, Mike? <laughs> Dick, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice, Mike. I thought we were friends. Bonifet, Adam, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Bonifet. Hey, Mike, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I was just going over. You remember that teacher we had? What was his name? Mr. Pierkowski. Mr. Pierkowski. What an asshole that guy was. Hey, hey, I liked Mr. Pierkowski, yeah, but he did yeah. make us memorize uh, uh, the Canterbury Tales. Yeah. First, I, the first... I had already memorized it the year before. Do you still know it? You did? Yeah. Mike... First of all, I don't remember you at all from Mr. Pierkowski's class. Yeah, and we were in Miss Tootin Swan's class the year before. I didn't have a Miss Tootin Swan. No, we did. No, Mike. Miss Tootin Swan. I don't yeah. think we know each other yeah. at all, Mike. Yeah, we do. So, how, so go ahead, recite the Canterbury Tales for me, Mike. Well, I don't remember it now. I got other stuff on my mind. So, what did you call about? I t- t- ask if you remembered our teacher. <laughs> Goodbye, Mike. I see you, Adam. Good talking to you. All right. I'll see you after the game, man. No, you won't. See you after the game. Okay, goodbye. Um, so, David, uh, how did Mr. Pierkowski know? Uh, so, we use a variety of methods. Um, so, sometimes we can tell from the way words are written how they may have been pronounced. Right. Um, sometimes, for instance, we can tell from rhyming patterns, like if certain vowels rhyme at some point but not later on. Which is how we know that's, that... In the Canterbury Tales, in the example I gave, that sweet rhymes with root in their old pronunciation. That could be. I'm, I think that's... Uh, okay. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm not sure I'm following that. Explain that again. So the sounds of vowels change over time. And so to take Adam's example, sweet and root, those do I not think. rhyme They today. do not rhyme. They do not rhyme. You are absolutely right about that. But uh, it could be the case that... At one point in the past, they did rhyme. But so this would be an example of how sounds could diverge over time. So they once rhymed, so they were once the same, more or less. And then over time, they could have diverged. I would have to sit and think about this particular example. I, I but, mean, I'm dredging something up from that, like three decades yeah. ago. So I could be totally wrong about it. Might be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a possibility there. Um, let me ask you this. Are there, are, does every language have curse words? Uh, so there are about, we guess, we estimate that there are about 7,000 languages in the world spoken right now, Mm -hmm. and we haven't documented them all, and also about half of them. We have documented them all. That means there are languages out there that linguists are still working on describing. What are you doing with your time? You know, it's all this... Focus on syntax and semantics of the archaic we be Indo-European <laughs> languages, in particular Latin, Greek, Sanskrit, and Anatolian languages. There's only 7,000 languages. I mean, in the scope of things, that's not that many. How many linguists are there? You got me. I, that's a great question. I've I would never say tried if to everybody become... just took one language, we could have this thing knocked off. Honest yeah, to God. That, maybe do they you could all use work? your show to help language do- the cause of language documentation. Do they all work like really short hours? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you guys yeah. are kind of slacking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of them we've already found. Like, is there some asshole that just keeps going, I found French. I found French. <laughs> we already knew about French. Oh, shit. And I spent all that time. Yeah. And then yeah. three days later, yeah. I found French. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, we already know about French. People go, oh, guess what they speak in England. Well, let's- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so but let's go back to our actual question, which is about the cursor. Curse word. Yeah. So this is all to, so we don't know about every language that's out there, but we have reason. Laying down on how many have you done? How many have we? Yeah, done? How many have been described? Yeah. Yes. No. How many languages? Yeah. Seven thousand languages. Out of those, how many have been described? That's what. Yes. You're, yeah. That's what you're asking. actually what she's asking. Uh I would say somewhere in the thousands, but the the problem is well, I would that hope. about half of them. So we're living in an age where linguistic diversity is rapidly dying out. So I think it's something much like well, biological diversity. Well, then you guys better like get bi- your asses moving. Yeah, I think one of the estimates- are you just waiting it out? You're like, you know what? <laughs> if, if we leave the subcontinent alone for another ten years, yeah, exactly. That's going to knock six hundred yeah. languages right yeah. off the map. Eventually, they'll just be six thousand. So you guys are just going to pool parties. Parties and playing like beach volleyball. Yeah, we got another. Yeah, let's have another meeting. Little counter ticking down as a language yeah. dies. Yeah, yeah, yay! And all these guys like on the floor of the uh, stock market. Right. Yay, yay! It's got one more speaker and he's very sick. Yeah. Ding! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I mean, I thought you were going to say like some number that was, you know, astronomical and who could possibly even grasp that. Uh, but 7,000. All right. And just have well, we you haven't have you, 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 have you, doable. you have think you we need to be working any? longer hours? That's definitely what you're saying. <laughs> I'm frankly wondering, David, if you're the weak link. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem entirely fair. Cuz I got to say, there are we're not going to discover any new Latin, Greek, Sanskrit or Anatolian languages, are we? Those are uh, pretty much discovered. Well, we might discover more Anatolian languages. So the Anatolian languages were discovered right around the time of the First World War. They had been lost. Uh, they were in. They were buried in ancient Turkey and var- oh. various uh-huh. places. Was these, someone, are, these are dead were, languages. Were, were one yeah, of you guys yeah, supposed ancient. to be in charge of it? I was not. No, at the time, I was not <laughs> responsible. For Who this. had it last? Yeah. <laughs> Who had these Anatolian languages last? Cause... No, it's like the bathroom key here at the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Twice I've gone home with it around my neck, but I right. didn't lose a whole fucking language. <laughs> wow. All right. So, so, uh, so you've been focusing on these Anatolian languages. Did we ever and... really get so... to the curse words? Answer? Uh, yeah, cursing. There... Cursing. So, okay. yeah. I think we've interrupted you seven so, times now. <laughs> do they? Do um, the Anatolians used to curse? Yeah, so we think we have reason to believe that every language has cursing, and yeah. but I would just say that what is curs- the reason you have to believe it? So um, because no matter what country, they all have hammers. no matter what country you're in, you're f- you feel angry. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Any culture that has a hammer yeah, has a yeah, curse. They word. have to curse. <laughs> we think. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we think I imagine this peaceful bucolic culture that never had hammers, yeah. and then like somebody comes to the village and you know, invents it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next then, thing you know, you got you know, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. People with bonnets saying shit they they meant not to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so back to the question. So yeah, we think that in every culture there are words. Um, whose use can bring about some sort of social penalty. That is, that you're not supposed uh-huh. to use. And yes. cursing falls into that category. Cursing, blasphemy. Blasphemy, yeah. That and, the user yeah. uh, is steeped in opprobrium as a result. One could put it that way, yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> this week's word this is opprobrium. Um, wow. Because I am just fascinated. You know, you know, it just strikes me that... the. The opening line, the only line of your song that actually has a melody, is stolen from Lullaby of Broadway. Hmm. I didn't notice that. Uh, I did. I don't think I've ever seen 
How do you know they didn't steal from me? That's quite possible. Let's get back to this I've been doing the vocabulary song for weeks. It feels like years. How long Broadway song been happening? A long time. Yeah, well, they've had their eyes on me. Oh, wait, I was just going to ask you something important. Oh, you know, I'm fascinated by this idea that there's words that you're not supposed to say. I mean, to me... It's like sand traps in golf. We're going to want you to elaborate on that, Ms. Poundstone. Ms. <laughs> <laughs> Poundstone, we're going to ask you to go ahead and tell us what you're talking about on the golf traps. Because um, we're kind of confused. Well, we put them there, uh-huh. right, to begin with. Sure. People pay a lot of money to play at a golf course that has them. Oh. And wait. then they bitch when they land there. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a fantastic image. Yes. It's, it's, it's by, a great analogy. It's by design that it's there. Yeah. But when someone uses it, they get upset. Yeah. Yeah. I Why see. would you come up with a word that you're fantastic. not supposed to say? And then we have to know what the word is in order to know not to say it. Yes. So it's very complicated. So there are a lot of conventions that have to be learned around language. Um, and... Why that? That's a hard question to answer, to be honest. But um, when my son was three, he heard that there were bad words and he didn't know what they were. So he sat in the back seat one day just guessing. <laughs> and he wasn't even, he was in the neighborhood. He's like, Is it poop? <laughs> no, you're allowed to say poop. Is it pee? No. <laughs> he just kept guessing against that. I was like, so You're not going to guess it, Baz, because you don't, you don't know the word. Uh huh. Yeah. And did you finally just say, Fuck, Baz? Yeah. 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 Did you finally just explain to him? Yeah. yeah. It's, I did. All, they're all sexual words, Baz. Yeah, uh, are, that's a great question. Are sexual words the bad words in most languages? Often, like, how do the Anatolians feel about these? Often, uh, that sort of taboo words can revolve around sex, but there are many other things, such as um, religious elements, whether it's the name of a deity in particular or maybe a particular animal that is considered holy. Um, but and Really? Also, there's a, like you, there's also a holy animal words. you can't say? I uh, hope it's not llama, because we've said llama a bunch of times. <laughs> well, we've had to, because that thing yeah. has been spitting for yeah. the whole show. Yeah. I'm sorry about your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Anthony does this thing where he brings like a big... Animal. animal, and yeah. we don't really know why yeah. or where he gets them. He he <laughs> deflects when we ask. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's the nicest guy in the world, but apparently he has a, the earth. a feeling that he doesn't somehow fit in, and he tries to make up for that by. He bringing... tries to fill that space with giant, yeah, black market animals. Yeah, I mean we yeah. had a, a a bison in here for two weeks. For two weeks yeah. that he just left it here. The whole place reeked of bison. Is bison a bad word in any language? Not that I'm aware of. Is it a holy animal? (laughs) Not that I'm aware of. Can you think of a holy animal from the... That you're not allowed to name? Maybe from the Anatolian languages? Uh, Or Sanskrit. Some people have suggested that um, in certain ancient cultures, not necessarily Anatolian, uh, the word bear was one that you could not... Shut up! And (laughs) so people... So, but people obviously needed to talk about bears in some context. Oh, wouldn't that be so... awful if it was considered a curse word, but one was coming at somebody and you needed to let them know? Hey, look out for the. Uh, yeah. It's... Like, no, you gotta look out for the. Yeah. What, 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 what should I look out for? It's fuzzy and it's big. It... Is it a bunny? No, it's not a bunny. It's a bear. Shame on you. <laughs> ah! yeah. yeah. Yeah, that doesn't seem. Really, bear of all things? Why? Different cultures, different. I mean, we live in a time and a place where that seems 
really weird or really crazy. Like, we just can't imagine the motivation for that. But in other, I mean, it's also like there are certain cultures in which you can't name the word for God and you come up with other words. You can't to, name the word for God? So you can't say, you can't utter God's name is what oh, I mean. Oh, for God. I thought God. you said forgot. No, God. Yeah. And so oh, you, you have to come up with other ways to utter it because um, it's it's like too holy to name. Oh, oh the, so, uh, the, the, the Israelites do that. Yes. Yeah, so that would be one example. You can't example. say God. You have yeah. to just say mass hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> now, I noticed that all the languages that you specialize in are dead. Is that because you don't want to talk to people? <laughs> That's what my wife would probably say. But. <laughs> Let me just say, I watch a lot of Columbo, and it's a funny coincidence that every language you study happens to be dead. Yeah. They were alive when everyone else left, so I'm... The language murderer. Yeah, we're going to have to take you in, sir. I don't believe in coincidence. Uh is there slang for sexual parts in every language? Probably. I mean, Probably. that's a very common source of taboo words, of words yeah. that you're not supposed to say, or rather that you're not supposed to say in particular contexts. And so like in English, we have a set of words for uh, sexual parts that you use in colloquial conversation. But then we also have a whole different set of medical terminology to refer to the same things. Mm -hmm. Right. But they're, they're, they sound different. They have different histories. Um, and so this is, yeah, this is all to say that this is a very common area of mm -hmm. words that are regulated by special conventions. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, it seems like English, in the English language at least, the, the absolute worst words, the words that we're not allowed to say under any circumstances, most of them have been around for an unbelievably long amount of time. And everyone uses them no, no matter what they say. Yeah. So there are some curse words and swear words that have been around for centuries. And But the, one of the interesting things about these curse words or about taboo words in general is that over time, the things that you're not allowed to say can change. And yeah. so, for instance, now I think like certain curse words, you know, I think they're just used more often. You might hear them on television or I might hear them among my students. But other things that there are now other things that are really like like if I were to say it in a classroom or something could be considered very shocking. Yeah. And 20 years from now, it might be a totally different set of words. Huh. Like here's an example um, under. Uh as the uh, DOJ, you can't say the word fair to Bill Barr. Yeah. No, no, he gets deeply offended. Yeah. yeah. So that's changed. Yeah. That's, that's basically the Justice Department's uh, equivalent of the C word at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's you know, their F word. Whereas, whereas <laughs> ra racist motherfucker is fine. Okay. Uh, but uh, fair, who boy, yeah. that'll, opprobrium. You'll be steeped You'll in the program. It would be heaped upon you, you. Yeah, should you use that um, word. Do Eskimos really have, and they're not Eskimos, do Inuits really have five different words for snow? Uh, That's one of the things you Five, hear. I don't know. The more extreme form of that claim is usually something like that. They have a hundred words for snow. People like always, yeah. Like this has been debunked, yeah. So it this has been is, thoroughly debunked. It has been yeah. debunked, yeah. yeah. There's a lot that's been written about this, and this is something that somehow got into the popular imagination in the media and... But no, this is this it's is just not. A, this yeah. is, because they it makes here's so much how they, intuitive sense. Here's how like they, they live among a lot of snow. They had uh, Inuit uh, snow naming contest uh, in oh, like a, much the way we've had a contest. Yeah, in a 
no, they they did it live in a town hall. And um, guys just stood on stage going, snow. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> and they finally had to it's say, water we, from we, the have sky a, frozen. we have a tie. <laughs> We have a, a, a we have ten entrants. We have a ten way tie. There's just snow. Yeah, I've, I had heard that it was like fifty. Yeah, d- different words for snow because they saw so much of it. They had to think of different ways of describing different kinds. Yeah, the wet stuff and the dry stuff. But you're saying that's absolutely a myth. Yeah, that's been debunked. Who debunked it? Uh, that I would have to check the article. It wasn't you because you don't. No, no, was it a linguist? Was it a linguist who debunked it? Well, you know, if they would spend a little bit more fucking time. Yeah, no, we wouldn't be making these schoolyard rumors. If you, right. Yeah. Instead of chasing a ridiculous theory like that, uh, they should have been going after those 7,000 languages. Before they're all gone. Precisely. Yes. I think while we've been here today. Oh, three languages must have. Yeah. Languages are disappearing really quickly, aren't they? They are disappearing very, very quickly. Now, is that because of the, the uh, cultural assimilation going on? Or yeah, you have the rise of these enormous global languages. Like if you think of the spread of English, like English is truly it's a everywhere. Global, it's yeah. Everywhere, yeah. It's the and lingua so, franca <laughs> of the world. Yes, exactly. Um, and so if you think about you know before uh, before Europeans arrived in the Americas, there was tons of linguistic diversity here. But now these communities have really, really been reduced in size, and there there are now. Attempts to revitalize yeah. some American language, some Native American languages. So uh, there, there is a, a, an, an effort to buck the trend. But yeah, most people are switching to dominant languages for various reasons. Would you say that uh, minor birds and parrots uh, uh, were not as entertaining before humans could talk? You got me. That's an interesting question. <laughs> I guess what I'd come back with is entertaining to whom? Well, I mean, you, everybody loves to hear a parrot talk, Yeah, but if right? there's no everybody around. Yeah. Well, there could have been people, but they didn't talk yet. Oh, we're pre-verbal people. Was pre-verbal man less entertained by parrots and minas? <laughs> wow. I'm not qualified. We have I stumped mean, the I'm expert. What, <laughs> what were they imitating if it wasn't language then? Car alarms. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I think we've solved this one without our linguist. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Um, so uh, <laughs> are you a, you're a professor? Yes. What time do you go in in the morning? Uh, about 8.30. <laughs> After I drop my daughter off at school, uh-huh. I usually get into the office about 8.30. Uh-huh. And you drop her off at about what time? Uh, just before eight. Just before eight, and then is there a long? Is it a thirty-minute drive to your job from there? I take the bus, but you yeah. take the bus. Yeah. Uh huh. I think uh, I see where you're going with this yeah. too. I just think that there's time for you to <laughs> look into these other languages. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Doctor Goldstein. All I can say is, word up, Paula. What advice, based on this, can you give our listeners about words and linguistics? Longo Chu, can I have some wordy music to underscore this uh, summary? There are an estimated 7,000 languages, but many have not been described. There are only 7,000. Linguists are presumably busy. They're probably commuting farther than they need to. 
when they watch YouTube, they never skip the ads. A lot of them must be disorganized. They spend a lot of time looking for their keys. They don't alphabetize. They lose socks easily, play a lot of Monopoly. And those who wear glasses rarely realize they're on the top of their head. I learned so much from David Goldstein. For example, the sounds of vowels can change over time, which means that in the course of my lifetime, I can go from being hot to being hoot, to being hot, to being hit, to being hate, and end up being really hot. Dr. David Goldstein is Associate Professor of Linguistics at UCLA. Dave, thank you so much for coming by. Man, you're great. Thank fantastic. you. fantastic. Coming up, we open up the listener mailbag and hear from you, the nobodies out in the world. That's coming up right after this. The Cat of the Week is Scamp from Greencastle, Indiana. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is supported in part by Away. Everyone has a unique travel style. Which Yours is, is weird. <laughs> My travel style is weird? It, it is. We'll get to it. I'm sorry. It you is were saying. not. Yes, it is. Everyone has a unique travel style, which is why Away offers a range of suitcases made of different materials, a variety of colors, and two carry-on sizes. So for whoever you are, Away has luggage that works for how you travel. All of Away suitcases are thoughtfully designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. Four 360-degree spinner wheels guarantee a smooth roll. Away offers free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia. And you know, I went and did a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me last week. I traveled to Chicago. My only piece of luggage was my Away smart carry-on with the uh, lithium... Uh, Ion battery. Uh-huh. I think it's a lithium. It might be nickel catamaran. I don't know. It's a great battery. It you, could you be. Can car- uh, charge your phone ten times over with it. What was what was the thing that powered the um, the Jupiter two? Yeah, it uh, wasn't du- that deuteronium. Deuteronium. Yeah, it could be deuteronium. It wasn't because that's <laughs> fictional. Because what? That's fictional. We no, had a science not. fiction it's a writer. Luggage. On it's luggage. It's uh, they, they. No, they don't use deuteronium, a, dilithium, or unobtainium. They returns on any order within the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia. That part How is true. How fictitious is that? That's not fictitious at all. That's for real. And here's exactly, the thing that's for real. Exactly, which is why I read it. The reason I brought it up. <laughs> the reason I brought it up is that um, uh, I was traveling to wait, wait, don't tell me, and I noticed that away luggage is now. Way more prevalent on 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 airplanes. I like. I saw lots of people besides me with away. So I, I'm guessing the company's doing really well. I'd like to Were think we like have something to do with it. Were you like in a gaggle of away luggage it users? It was near to being a just, gaggle of did away. Did you gather luggage. near the restroom because you're not supposed to do that on an airplane anymore? We didn't. Yeah. And, and I I'll couldn't have told you. you. They probably had to get the pilot had to get on the thing and say, "Away luggage users, please go back to your seats. Don't gather in a gaggle near the restroom." <laughs> Because of 9-11, they have to say that now. Yeah, they didn't, and it, it didn't happen that way. But I, I did notice a lot of away luggage on my plane with me. Yeah. You haven't noticed this? I, you I tell know, you, they're selling I'll really well, and I like to think Adam, we have something to do with it. I don't look at other people's luggage. You don't? No, it's a private thing. No, it isn't. It's not it's, personal or private. It's a suitcase. Yeah, yeah, I don't look at other people's suitcases, and frankly, I don't appreciate it when other people look at mine. 
Okay, that's weird. <laughs> All right, for $20 off any suitcase or bag, visit away.com slash Paula20. When mine comes up on the carousel, I throw a sheet over it. Oh, yeah? I just don't like people looking at my luggage. Okay, that's again, all. I don't know why that would be. I mean, you And you're... I love my away luggage. It's what I carry my merch in. Yeah. I have the big, I have the large bag. Yeah. And I, man, I stuff that thing and I use And the, you use um, another bag as well, which is why I say your travel habits I, are a little weird. I do use another bag. But I, um, I, what's the thing called where you pull the, you pull the straps and it tightens it? Oh, yeah. That's, that's their unique, uh, uh com- compression packing system. I use the compression packing system. I do system, too, and it because works it's great. a great, uh, and you know what system. it holds in? It holds in your gut. No, the no. I'm not in the suitcase. Oh, just no. asking. No, you, you seem. No, okay. you don't understand how to use a suitcase. Okay, apparently not. Oh my God! You'd think that some of those people that you gather near the restroom on the airplane Which with would happen. tell you. Yeah, they did. To take it were. off your body. That's yeah. not how you wear it. Well, live and learn it's is what I say. It's not a garment. No, I use the compression strap thingy yeah. to um, hold my remarkably soft tripoly blend T-shirts that I sell on the road with tripoly, a, a substance uh, that a, is of the same ilk as deuteronium, dilithium, and unobtainium, <laughs> in uh, that it is a sci-fi substance. No, it isn't. It's a tripoly. It's remarkably soft. Yeah, it has, no, and the T-shirts the themselves a... have a uh, self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable, memorable quote, quote on, on the, the back. back. And I carry a lot of them. Uh, and compressed by the now. Way, they are compressed. And then um, in the other compartments, so they don't touch each other, now I have... Uh, Poundstone pussy pillows uh, yeah. that are very, very popular. And wow. I can Good thing that the airports them. aren't filled with drug sniffing cats. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm likely to get a yeah, pat be down. Stopped by that. I'm gonna get pat down by Sylvester. Now, as I as I was saying, uh, for twenty bucks off any suitcase or bag, visit away.com/paula20 and use promo code Paula20 during checkout. That's awaytravel.com/paula20 promo code Paula20 for twenty dollars off. And these are not expensive suitcases, so twenty dollars is a significant savings. That is a significant savings. Yeah, you know it's interesting because. Uh, you know the Poundstone pussy pillows are twelve dollars each. Yeah. So you got you got your twenty dollars off savings there. You got the first thing you want to put in your away suitcase. These pillows are small though, right? You don't really need to compress them. No, you don't. No, that's not. I told you the t-shirts are on the compressing oh, side. Hey, 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 hey! Don't get mad at <laughs> the me. The t-shirts pal. are. And okay. Stop looking at my suitcase. Uh, sorry. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyways, that's. That's uh, All right, for $20 off any suitcase or bag, visit awaytravel.com slash Paula20 and use promo code Paula20 during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash Paula20, promo code Paula20 for $20 off. It is a French Trump! What? <laughs> it is a French Trump! Oh, look at this. It's our beloved be quiet, be quiet, reporter! Quiet, reporter! Quiet, quiet! Just look at Joe Badan. You will see tremendous corruption. My Badan? Joe Badan. Y- your Badan. Joe Badan. Uh, oh, Joe Biden. See? Yeah, we. We, Joe Badan. Well, welcome to you our show, French Trump. Tremendous corruption because what he did corruption? is a quid pro quo times 10. These, times these. Times these. <laughs> these what? We, times these. What's this? These quid pro quo times times these, these which ten. is ten. Yeah, 
10. This yeah. Quid pro quo. You know, quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. No, I get it. Quid pro quo. Okay. Quid pro That's quo. Six. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Nuff. Quid pro quo. Deez. Quid pro quo. These. Yeah. Okay. Now, thank you for illustrating that French Trump. I want to say most native French speakers, and we have a linguist with us tonight, oui. will say... We'll say dies. He must and admire then my great and unmatched wisdom. I'm sure he does. Wisdom? <laughs> wisdom? Okay. But what I'm saying is most native French speakers will, will say the, the, the number dies in their own language first and then realize that it's 10 dies. in English. You did it the other way. Dies. You said 10 several times and then remembered it was dies in French. I was trying to get through to you, Adam Ferber. It is I, French Trump. Oh, we covered that. Yeah, well, yeah. welcome. Uh, thank you. How's impeachment doing for impeachment you? Impeachment begins. Uh, we are in the middle of impeachment. Right, and how's it? How are you liking it? Oh, I do not like it at all. <laughs> no, I, I do not like impeachment. I tell you what, Pence has not been. For days, he has not told me how good-looking I am or oh. how smart I am. Oh, that's terrible. Nikki Haley is beginning to look very good to me. That's a very creepy <laughs> statement coming from you. Nikki Haley looks very good to me. What are you saying? Oh, well, we have so much in common. Oh. I, think, I think she uses a curling iron to turn... The ends of her hair inward. And inward. I use a curling iron. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, you know, French... Uh, you know, Pence, there's a section of my boot that Pence has not licked lately. And it is making Nikki Haley look very good to moi. Now, French Trump, I don't appreciate you using this platform, my podcast, to to kind of put the thumbscrews on Mike Pence. That seems uh, indecent. Mike Pence blow dries. He blow dries. He blow dries. He does not use a curling iron. Now, Fr French Trump, one question. Nikki Haley protected me. French Trump, I, I That's have why I love her. She did. She did speak up for you. Yeah. She did. She she protected me. Again, it's, it's turning very curling creepy. irons make very good government. What's with the bunny ears, French Trump? What bunny ears? You when you make the puppet French Trump, you 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 raise these two little ears. No, those are my eyes. Those are your eyes. <laughs> On stalks. Those are my eyes, Adam Felber. I am looking at you. <laughs> really... So you're sort of like insectoid French Trump. No. Oh, no. It's just French Trump. This okay. is how I look. Okay, okay, This okay. is how I look. Wow. I use a curling iron. I run. I run. I use a curling iron. I run. Do you know why? Why? It makes for a very good government. How? Me and Nikki Haley. Sitting in a tree. Yes, that's right. Sitting uh, in the Oval Office. All right. Oh, well, uh, Vice President Pence, if you're listening, you probably should listen up to that. Um, Vice President Pence, if you are listening, prepare to lick my boot. Okay. Now, is Paula in there anywhere? I'm sorry? Okay, Paula. Yeah. I understand you have a cute little story to tell us. I have a cute little cat story, Adam. Okay. Here it is. Cute little cat story. I spent an extra... 30 minutes 
cleaning litter boxes last night because my cat Theo stood high atop the litter within the box to pee on the wall, which ran down under the box. Okay. <laughs> that is going to turn cute. Yeah, it's a cute little cat story. Is that, that was it? Yeah. Your cat stood up in the box and peed on the wall. Yeah, ran down under the box, extra 30 minutes of cleaning. That doesn't sound cute to me. Yeah, well, you got to love them. No, you don't. <laughs> No, I don't. All right. Uh, yeah, now, you do. Not really. Now, <laughs> we, uh, we always welcome letter, letters from our listeners. As you know, we, we like to have a two-way communication thing happening. Well, whether we like to or not, we get letters. We do get letters, yeah, and it's yeah. time to share some of them now. Let's go through the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone mailbag. Mailbag. Okay, now we got uh, several emails that feature comments about Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns. Uh, this she, one can- she's going to have a spinoff. I'm telling you. Oh boy, yeah, that will be a, that'll be a weekly podcast, and by that I mean it will take a week per episode. Um, this one came from Dina Patterson or Peterson, who wrote, "I was one of the artists that helped to paint the scenes for." for the film Loving Vincent, a completely hand-painted animated film about Van Gogh. Tonight, I discovered a one-man play on Netflix featuring the late Leonard Nimoy as Theo Van Gogh, circa 1981. I was surprised to see that the name Bonnie Burns as the producer. I was surprised to see the name Bonnie Burns as the producer. I am surprised right now, too. In fact, I thought I may have detected a faint and slightly distracting crinkling noise during the monologue. <laughs> I just had to write to ask if this is the very same Bonnie Burns that is now Paula's manager. Bonnie, were you a... in? In one word or less, were you a producer of that particular movie? And I directed it. That was that more. is not she... one word or less. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. she said, and I directed it. Yeah. So you directed um, so Loving many Vincent. Times, so many times they had to. They, uh, you know, they had to. You know, uh, Leonard Nimoy would be talking about his painting and the potato people and all, and and then he would just go. Bonnie, shut the fuck up! Yeah, and uh, and if, the famously stoic Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, Spock. Yeah, was, right. Was exactly. Was pushed to distraction yeah. by Bonnie. Keeps Burns. all his. Uh, emotions. So you directed an animated film narrated by Leonard Nimoy. No, he was on stage as Van Gogh. It was a theater production. Oh, it was a one-man play. Yes. Okay. Exactly. At the yeah. Guthrie. At the Guthrie. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. It was a one-man play, and Bonnie directed the whole cast. Really. <laughs> I heard she had a falling out with one of them. <laughs> All right. Yeah, boy, the cast party was so exciting. Yeah, except for the except for that one cast member that would not speak to Bonnie at that point. Yeah, later Nimoy was there. Oh, I, I I don't think I knew that, Bonnie. I didn't. Uh, Bonnie, uh, you have fans out there. Luke Thomas wrote to say, "Hey, y'all, love the show. I would love to hear more of Bonnie Burns's stories, misfortunes, and long rambling answers." What is wrong with you, Luke? <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing the iTunes saga. I found it hilarious. Thanks. Okay. And Gene Emery wrote. I love when Bonnie got to talk. More Bonnie. Are we serious? Well, you know what? What are you nobody's doing with your time? Apparently, I mean, I think you have to find work closer to home. I seriously do. Apparently, Bonnie writes to our Facebook page under, <laughs> under pseudonyms. She now has 19 Facebook accounts. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin from San Francisco also came to Bonnie's defense. He wrote, quote, 
You read an email from Norma who expressed her displeasure with Captain Crinkle's story of uploading Paula's new hit single to iTunes. That was one of my favorite episodes to date, and I listened to that particular segment over and over again. Wow. The three of you were hilarious, and I always love when Captain Crinkle comes to the microphone. See, because, and we've well, been that trying makes to... two of you, because that... <laughs> Bonnie loves it, too. She does. She'll wander over near the microphone, and we have to take out a spray bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the same one we're using to keep Pod Pup from chewing through the wires. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, wait. and Oh, yeah. And here's another one. This message was directed to me. Dear Adam. In the, <laughs> I haven't read this before. Dear Adam, in the episode featuring grammarian Julia Callahan, I was thrilled to hear Paula bring up her high school English teacher, Judy Plott. Paula and I both went to Lincoln-Sudbury Regional High School, although not at the same time. And I also had Mrs. Plott as an English teacher. Therefore, you can imagine my dismay and, dare I say, disgust when you suggested that Judy Plott was a subpar English teacher. Now you've kind of done it. While I confess that there are many moments when you are the voice of reason on this podcast, this was absolutely not one of them. I am writing to offer a full-throated defense of this brilliant educator. I have spent the better part of a half hour writing and rewriting praises of this brilliant woman, worrying I wasn't quite doing her justice. However, I know you like to get to the point, so I'll keep it brief. A little late for that. Judy Plott is hands down one of the best teachers I've ever had in my entire life, both in and out of the classroom. Full stop. I am sorry to inform you that you grabbed the wrong end of the stick on this one. I forgive you for your ignorance, but now you know. Sincerely, Kristen Laurie, LS alum and comma enthusiast. You know, I think all of that is her way of saying Adam Felber, bear. Oh! Well, at least she didn't resort to such vile language, Paula. That's yeah. that's really offensive. Yeah, sorry. sorry. How dare you? Sorry, I, I kind of. <laughs> well, I I apologize, and you know you know what, um, Kristen, your letter is very well written. So I would say that um, clearly, uh, Ms. Plot's teaching took a hold with you, and and maybe the problem was, as Paula said, that she didn't go to class very often. She probably yeah, that was my mistake. Yeah, not going to class. Although I love it that she says both in and out of the classroom. I don't know what that meant. I'm not going to suggest what that immediately popped into my head, because then I'd get another letter from Kristen Lowry. Well, you have you have come down on the wrong side of Kristen Kristen Lowry. She I basically can tell put you. me on the wrong side of history on this one. Yeah, no, you get you know Judy Plot was a great teacher. Okay, great. Um, I love it that she calls her Mrs. Plot because in my day, in the late '70s, we called our teachers by their first name. Really? Yeah. Boy, they shut that door. Yeah, they did. Yeah. My kids have to refer to their teachers as Your Majesty. Yeah, well, yeah, but then I, yes, I'm talking about in high school, in elementary school. It's always Your Majesty. It was, yeah, uh, yeah it was Mrs., 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 you know, Miss White and okay. Mrs. Bump and Miss Carter. Uh-huh. Uh, I had, Miss, Mrs. Bump was the best teacher. Uh, it's my kindergarten teacher. Hey! Uh, I had Miss Serenci and she broke my finger. Oh, you had it coming. I got a request from she didn't really. a political candidate. <laughs> His name is Colin Wilhelm, and he wrote, Hi, guys. My name is Colin Wilhelm, and I'm a huge fan of the show. I've always loved Paula, and I think it's great that Adam is on every show, too. Oh, for God's sake! I am launching my 2020 Colorado State House campaign as a Democrat here in western Colorado. I personally love Paula's song, Not My Butterfinger, and agree with the song on many levels. I think it would make an excellent walk-on song for some campaign events. So my ask is, would Paula be willing to let me use the song at a few campaign events? 
Oh, w- I, would you? I think I'd be flattered. Okay, absolutely. Go right ahead and do it. And uh, for you or everybody, Colin, you can download the Not My Butterfinger song on iTunes or wherever you get your music. It's called Not My Butterfinger by uh, Paula Poundstone. Yeah, yeah, it's on yeah. It's on iTunes. And good luck in your campaign, Colin, although I don't know why you have to pick up that same calumny that everybody launches about Adam Felber that I'm just on every episode. <laughs> it's not a calumny. That is not a calumny. Oh, look, that it's Mrs. Culpepper. That is not a calumny, Adam Felber. Welcome, Mrs. Culpepper. Boy, Adam, I have not spoken to you for a while, and one of the things I've noticed is that you and Mike uh, Boom Boom have become so, you are birds of a feather. Really? Because I don't feel like I, I don't you, identify with Mike at all, Mrs. Culpepper. The two of you are like twins that were separated, but you're in lockstep with one another. I, 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 what is happening It's to beautiful to see such a friendship unfold. It's uh, not a friendship, and why after. am I arguing with a hand puppet over an imaginary caller? What? <laughs> I said, why am I arguing with a hand puppet about an imaginary caller? That is a damnable calumny! <laughs> uh, Mrs. Culpepper, don't you have anywhere to be tonight? Uh, I'm sure your husband misses you. Uh, uh, I'm here on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone waiting for Tom Hanks to show up. Well, Tom, Tom Hanks, as we learned from Paula, is not going to show up. He is. Oh, he is? He is. He's asked, uh, in order to appear on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Tom Hanks, a wonderful, wonderful actor, has has uh, insisted that I not wear my ruby sateen dress. He has requested that you wear an argyle Sweater vest, and that we have pedophiles available to him. That seems like a reasonable bunch of requests to me. It sounds like it's a don't truckle to Tom Hanks. All right, then. Well, then you don't have to be there that night. You can spend a quiet evening at home with Captain Culpepper. I'll spend a quiet evening at. I can't do that. Why not? <laughs> well, uh, Captain Culpepper uh, is no longer with us, Adam. Oh, really? What happened? He, he passed away. Oh. Well, I guess the time comes for everybody. There's no predicting the rhyme or the reason when natural causes take one away from us. Huh? Well, it was Sorry. not, uh, in fact, natural causes. It I wasn't. Must, I must contest that. No, it was not. What was it? It was... Uh, was it something crazy like triotoxism or something? It was. It was tyro- tyrotoxism, which, of course, is uh, uh, poisoning by uh, cheese or other dairy products. How unusual. It was tragic. It must have been grotesque as well. It it was grotesque, and it's a painful memory. I don't want to make you live it, so you don't have to tell me about the cottage cheese or whatever did it to him. It was not cottage cheese, Adam Felber. It was the gouda that got him. Okay, well, I'm sure that must have been awful. You are two peas in a pod with Mike Boom Boom. (laughs) I am not. Bonafit, you and Mike uh, Boom Boom Bonafit are birds of a feather. You're thick as thieves. We're not thick as thieves. (laughs) You are thick as thieves. Okay. Now, Paula, speaking of Mrs. Culpepper, I understand you received a gift, and you're trying to find out a return address for a thank you card. Yes, you received a I large received, gift. I in received the mail. a Mrs. Culpepper received a very beautiful red sateen dress, but a real full-size ruby sateen dress. Very, very beautiful, which with quite skilled tailor work. Uh, uh, it's very, very beautiful. I, and I read a lovely card that came from the woman who sent it, but uh, Paula's assistant uh, Wendell threw away the return address. Uh, and I could not read the handwriting on the name. All right. Well, if you're the nobody who actually took the time to make 
Paula a ruby sateen dress? Please uh, do us the honor of writing into nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and making yourself known to us because we'd like to thank you. It's beautiful. Have you put it on yet, Paula? I have not yet. Oh, uh, uh, can uh, I talk uh, to Paula? At, is there excuse any... me. Uh, okay. I... Why would Paula wear my ruby satin dress? My understanding is that it's a full-size dress, Mrs. Culpepper, not no, suitable for... No, no, a full-size dress for Mrs. Culpepper. Oh, a hand puppet Paula size dress. Paula could not dress. fit one thigh into that dress. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Paula right. has a little problem. <laughs> a little problem, Mrs. A little Culpepper? problem. What are you, what are you saying? Are well, you... she is uh, maybe nipped at the cheese more than she should have. <laughs> and we all know the dangers of nipping at the cheese, She's don't we? She's escaped the tarotoxism, but not the fat. I see. <laughs> wow, that's a my my friend Paula is getting it from all sides tonight. But you know what? That's uh, that's our mailbag, everybody. You can send your stuff into uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And uh, this has been mailbag. Mailbag. Okay, Paula, you'll be on the road in the coming weeks. Um, Selling those Poundstone Pussy Pillows. Uh, where are you going to be doing that? You know, I hate promoting myself. It's one, I, I love my job. I have the best job in the entire world. But I just hate the part where I say, you know, come see me. I'm going to be at the blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, that is really crass. Let's move on. Uh, I'll be in San Francisco on New Year's Eve at the Sydney Goldstein Theater. That was formerly the Norse. Yes, it was. And I'll be in Salt Lake City, Utah on January 17th at the Grand Theater. Fantastic. And it is grand, isn't it? I'm hoping so. Now, Paula will have Poundstone Pussy Pillows available for sale at those events, as well as the other 50 pounds of crap that she lugs around with her in her away luggage to sell at dates like T-shirts. It's not crap. Like her dilithium it's T-shirts. crap, Adam. It is not crap. This is why you and Mike are birds of a feather. We're not. We'll be back right after this. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 8 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. We interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal. And all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. We got this. I listen to Bullseye because Jesse always has really good questions. What did John Malkovich wear when he was 20? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. On this day in unremarkable history, Ludwig von Beethoven said, da-da-da-da! No, that's not it. Welcome back, all you nobodies. Hey, Paula, um, I guess we're out of time this week. Usually we'd, um, you'd have a message for fans, but we I really... I have a message! Oh, great. Yeah, I have a message for the fans. Adam, making nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, is just plain fun. At times. And I know our listeners enjoy it because just the other day at the ticket counter in the Denver airport, the agent said to me, your bag is a pound overweight. That'll be 70 bucks. 
But I know what she really meant. What do you mean? <laughs> she meant she really enjoys the show. Okay. The problem is that in order to keep making our podcast, we have to increase our listenership. Mm-hmm. The best way to do that is, of course, advertising um, by each listener sharing with friends and loved ones that they are nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast listeners. Wouldn't have been my but first choice. For many people, that can be an awkward conversation. Really? So I have done my best to write some simple, sample dialogue that can shell that nut. Okay. Try this. Should I? You want me here for this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very much so. Try this. Listener's friend. My job is getting to me. Listener, I thought you loved teaching high school English. Listener's friend. I always have, but lately it's just getting to me. Am I getting older or are the freshmen getting younger? A kid just farted in the front row today. He didn't say a word about it, and no one acted like that's rude. Students didn't used to be like that. Listener, well, there are a lot more vegetarians and vegans around than there used to be. People are used to gas. Listener's friend, the boys just smell. They smell without deodorant. They smell worse with it. I don't even write see me on their failed tests anymore. They're not very bright either. Listener, boy, this does not sound like you. Listener's friend, the smartest kid in the class just broke his leg because he accidentally put his hoodie on backwards while going down the stairs. <laughs> Listener, what happened to my friend who wanted to give kids a sense of belonging and empathy through understanding literature? I know what's wrong. You're teaching Moby Dick right now, aren't you? Listener's friend, yes. How did you know? How long is this going to be? Listener. You get like this every year around this time. Moby Dick is always hard. Listener's friend, I don't need that right now. I have heard so many high school dick jokes in the last few days. (laughs) Moby Dick by Get Some Melville. Captain Ahab armed with a harpoon and a giant condom. Moby Dick, the women's version. Moby hoo-ha. Mickey Dick, the Disney version. Maybe Dick for those discovering themselves sexually. Moby VJJ, the sequel to the woman's version. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Listener, I have an idea. I've never known how to tell you this before because it just felt awkward. See, Adam? You act like that's evidence. But I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast. It's just so funny. No matter how stressed out I get, the laughter I enjoy each week restores my good spirits. Listener's friend... That sounds wonderful. It's just what I need. I'm going to listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, too. We're reading The Great Gatsby next, and half of them think Gatsby is a penis. (laughs) Took an even more unexpected turn at the end. Well, Paula, I am sure that if there's a listener out there whose best friend is a high school English teacher who's teaching Moby Dick and frustrated by the plethora of dick jokes associated there with... There is no high school English teacher teaching Moby Dick. That That's is, my point! That is not frustrated. No, that is not frustrated. No, there's no high school English teacher teaching Moby Dick anymore. Yes, there is. No. Yes, there no. is. No. Allie, no. Allie had no. Moby, Allie had Moby Dick. In high school? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's abusive. Yeah. <laughs> that book is uh, that's a long book. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I guess it's for a those big book. I guess for those um, teachers who are in a frustration point because of all the dick jokes uh, while they're teaching Moby Dick in high school, yeah. if their friends happen to be a listener, this uh 
this uh, sample sample dialogue is a useful entree. It's nuanced, Adam. No. It's nuanced. Oh, it's, it's not. A, you know. Oh, no, no. It no. doesn't have to be an exact fit, but you get oh, the I see. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's, great. it's a great piece of simple sample dialogue, Paula, and I really appreciate the work that you do every week to expanding our listenership one listener at a time. That's so much more effective than advertising or um, going on other people's podcasts. Adam, the phone's or... ringing. Answer the phone. <laughs> do I have to? Yeah, answer the phone, Adam. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Adam, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Bonifant. I'm actually happy to hear you, Mike. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm great. <laughs> I fucking loved Moby Dick. What? I loved it. Why? It's a, a story of a guy with a giant schlong. I loved it. Wait, Mike, Mike, that's not at yeah, all what I Moby... I bet you liked it too, Adam. I, 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 I yeah, liked parts know, of it. That's what I love about you. We have so much in common. We don't have anything in common, we have Mike. So much... How you work with that girl? Who's what that, girl? What's that? Pa- Paula Bonnie Burns? Paula Poundstone. Ma- ba- Paula Bonnie- Poundstone. No, Paula Poundstone. She's a bitch. What, Mike? No, hey. Hey, All Mike. Right. All hey. Right. I'll talk to you after the game. No, you won't. <laughs> All right. See you. See you, Adam. See you. Bye, Mike. Bye. Bye. Oh, I don't know about that guy. Nobody's. Remember, our address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirts with the self-portrait on the left breast and, and memorable, memorable quote, quote on, on the, the back, back at com. All right, so lest the phone should ring again, that's our show for tonight. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Longo Chew. Third time is the charm. Thanks for being here, Longo. And thanks to our guest, Dr. David Goldstein, our linguist. Security muscle is provided by Tyler, the Studio City behemoth Burke. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.